0: Praise the Lord, for Thy great plan That we Thy dwelling place may be
1: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee faithfully served the Lord for more than seven decades, co-laboring with Watchman Lee in China in the first half of the 20th century before continuing his ministry in Taiwan, later in America, and eventually over the entire earth. He spoke these life study messages before thousands of people, and much of his speaking has been published as over 400 titles. These life studies are perhaps his most significant work, taking 21 years for him to complete, and we're happy today to be able to bring you selected portions from those messages. If you'd like to find out more about his ministry, about the Life Studies themselves, and Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now let's join today's program. Nearly all Christians agree that the Bible reveals Christ is coming to earth again. The book of Revelation particularly focuses on this point. But beyond this, there's much disagreement, much confusion on the matter. It seems to be contradictory in certain places in Scripture. Francis Ball has joined us today as we come to Revelation chapter 1, and I hope we don't add to the confusion and misunderstanding, Francis. I really pray that we can uh, maybe help uh, bring some clarity to the matter for our listeners today.
2: I certainly hope so, too.
1: The Revelation is a book, Francis, as we pointed out. It deals very specifically with Christ's second coming but the details of the second coming, Francis, can be very confusing. I think as it's presented here today, there's going to be a lot of help for our listeners in trying to sort through some of the complexities. Don't you agree?
2: Yes, I do agree, because Brother Lee, as was his custom and his way of studying the Bible, he gets into all the details and clarifies a lot of misunderstanding just by looking more closely at the Word.
1: There's a lot of uh, parallel between the latter chapters in Matthew and this portion in Revelation. I've selected a couple of verses from each book, from Matthew and from Revelation. Let's look at them right now, and then we'll join Witness Lee. I'm in Matthew 24, verse 43 and 44. It says, But know this, that if the householder had known in which watch the thief was coming, he would have watched and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. For this reason you also be ready because at an hour when you do not expect it, the Son of Man is coming. Now in Revelation chapter 3, verse 3, Remember therefore how you have received and heard, and keep it and repent. If therefore you will not watch, I will come as a thief, and you shall by no means know at what hour I will come upon you. Now chapter 1, verse 7, Behold, he comes with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him and all the tribes of the land will mourn over him. Yes, amen. Uh, Francis, how can he come as a thief secretly and yet openly so that all see him? That seems a a paradox here, doesn't it?
2: It does seem a paradox, and I believe that's what we're going to see unraveled with our brother speaking today.
1: Well, let's join him right now.
0: We all know that the book of Revelation covers the second coming of Christ very much. Throughout the years, we have studied this one thing upon the shoulders of so many students of the Second Coming. We thank God for all the foregoing teachers, and we are grateful to them because whatever we see, we see upon their shoulders. If we are going to understand the Second Coming of Christ, We have to look into the Bible, and we also have to look into the reference books. Then we could see the whole view of the full situation. Then you will be fully convinced that Christ's coming has two aspects. The secret aspect and the open aspect. We firstly have to see the secret aspect. Both in Matthew and in Revelation, we are told that Christ will come as a thief. No thief would come openly, publicly, and announcing his coming. The Lord said, "Be watchful, because you don't know when will be the time that your Lord will come back." So in Revelation. Twice he warned his saints, I am coming. I will come as a thief. So you have to be watchful. When will he come as a thief, secretly? Nobody can tell. It's unknown. And they place in the cloud to the air. In reading the Bible, we have to be very careful. The cloud is related to the Lord's coming back. Even in Matthew 24, even in 26, when the Lord Jesus talked to the high priest, he told him, you will see the Son of man coming on the cloud. Firstly, the Lord will come in the cloud. That means he will be concealed with the cloud. or still secret in the cloud. And eventually, it has the second aspect that the Lord will come on the cloud. Upon the cloud. Firstly, in the cloud. Secondly, upon the cloud. Then, in the air, he will rapture all the Christians left. Mainly in the great tribulation. Then, there in the air, Christ will set up his judgment seat to judge all the saved ones for reward or punishment.
1: Well, Francis, if we put all of these verses together, we clearly can see that the Lord's coming has to have two aspects, a secret aspect where he comes as a thief, and then openly when he comes for all eyes to see. But the rapture is even more complicated, I think, than the Lord's coming. The majority of the believers are raptured to the air, to the judgment seat of Christ. We saw this matter of the judgment seat of Christ relating to the believers in Matthew. We got quite a few phone calls, Francis. Maybe you could elaborate on it a bit more for us once again.
2: Well, this is a problem that Bible students have wrestled with a lot in the past. And one of the things that helps so much in this ministry is to dive into the little detailed things that are in the Bible that really open up these things. And in this case, we have a cloud mentioned in both aspects, his secret aspect and his open aspect. But there's a little two-letter word that really makes the difference. One, he is in the cloud. The next time, he is on the cloud. But this makes a world of difference and really opens up the fact that there are two aspects to his coming. His coming in the cloud is his secret coming. He cautions us to be watchful for this. All of us who are loving the Lord now, we should be watchful, expecting the Lord will come. He even promises us that if we're the watchful ones, we'll see Him even as the morning star. That means we'll get an early view of Him. And so the judgment seat of Christ is going to be the spot to which we'll all be brought when the Lord comes in the cloud, in the air. And there we'll be uh, either approved because of our living Christ during this age and because of our preparation inwardly through transformation and through confirmation to Him. We will be prepared to uh, be with Him there. And that judgment seat of Christ will be the determining spot. We have to look at a couple of verses because in Romans chapter 14, in verse 10, it says, we all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He's talking about all Christians now. Right. And he's talking about the judgment seat of Christ. Mm -hmm. He's not talking about the judgment of God. All the unbelievers will go there eventually. Right. But then also in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he mentions again in verse 10 there, we must all be manifested before the judgment seat of Christ. So this use of the term judgment seat of Christ applies to all of us believers. We are not going to be judged now regarding our salvation. That is settled. But there's another aspect, and that aspect is going to be settled at the judgment seat of Christ. And I think we'll hear some more from this in the next session that Brother Lee gives us.
1: Well, that's where we're going right now. We have, of course, uh, seen the matter of selection regarding our salvation, our eternal destiny, and our selection is firm and secure. But as we're going to see, and as you were just uh, alluding to, there's a second selection that has to do not with our salvation, not with our eternal destiny to be with the Lord, but as to our participation in a promised reward. Let's join Witness Lee once again.
0: After the Lord comes to the air, he will take all the saints to there, and there he will do the second selection. The first selection in eternity past was for salvation. And the second selection in the air at the judgment seat of Christ will be for reward. We all have been selected for salvation. But whether we will get the reward or not, we have to pass through the second selection at the judgment seat of Christ. After that, he will put the negative ones to some place to suffer the discipline. Then he will bring the positive ones down to the earth. And these positive ones will become his army. By this time, he will be no more in the cloud but upon the cloud. So you see, there will be at least two steps. The first step, Christ will leave the throne in the heavens wrapped in the crowd coming down to the air and stay there. This secret coming actually is a kind of reward to the watching believers. He promised us if we are watchful, If we are waiting for his coming, by watching, he will appear to us as a morning star. This is a promise of reward. But if we are sloppy, we surely will miss the morning star. We may see the sun, but that would not be so good. I say again the Christ will leave his throne in heaven, wrapped in the cloud, coming down to the air, this should transfer before the great tribulation. So there will be a period of time between his coming down to the air and his coming down to the earth. I dare not to say exactly how long, but anyhow, sometime there in the air, he will finish the rapture of the saints and he will do the judgment at his judgment seat over all the saints to select the overcomers and to bring them all as his army to come down to the earth to fight against the army of the Antichrist.
1: Francis, I think most believers view the coming of Christ as something that takes place in a brief moment of time. But the picture that we're getting here is of something much more gradual or progressive might be a way to describe it with different aspects. We don't want to be overly repetitious, Francis, but because this is new to most of the listeners, I think, and because it is somewhat complicated, let's review what we've really seen so far.
2: Well, I think what we've really seen, at least there are these two aspects, and with the believers, there are two selections. We were selected, as he pointed out, for our salvation and that is settled, and that was not contested, and that is not judged. But there is a life to be lived. There's a Christ to gain and a life to be lived. And there's another aspect of selection that he's pointed out that will take place to be manifested and to be opened up to all when we appear before the judgment seat of Christ. What we're talking about here is not the judgment of God. That will be executed In Revelation chapter 20, at the end of the Bible, all the unbelievers will be judged. But the believers appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Christ has died for them. Christ has been a priest to them. Christ has been everything to them. Now they're going to face how they have enjoyed Him, how they have participated in Him, and how they've become what He wants. So that will be manifest at the judgment seat of Christ. And as far as it being progressive, it's hard to tell, isn't it,
1: yeah, it how really long is. this
2: takes? But anyway, God can do things over a long period of time. He can do them very quickly. Right. And the indication is that many of these things that is coming happen in a very short time.
1: Well, of course, our uh, listeners haven't had the benefit of what you and I have had the benefit of, and that's uh, sitting here for, oh about 20 minutes between these sections with the uh, tape recorder turned off, trying to uh, uh, really examine these things carefully because there are a lot of things uh, that are coming up, and they have given rise to much confusion and misunderstanding uh, in the church over the centuries regarding this matter. But if we are clear about the judgment seat of Christ being there, Awaiting all of us, the believers, not to judge us according to our eternal salvation, but according to his standard, whether or not we would receive the reward. That does help remove a lot of the uh, confusion and difficulty in this whole topic, doesn't it?
2: Very much so. But there's one very simple thing. It reminds me of a young boy that came by our house one day, and my wife asked him, have you ever heard of the Lord Jesus? He said, yeah, he's coming again. That was the extent of his knowledge. And in a sense, Chris, I think this needs to be our attitude. He's
1: coming, and we're waiting. Amen. And we're watching. We shouldn't be too much more complicated than your uh, little neighbor boy, Francis. (laughs) Yes, I hope so. Well, let's join Witness Lee once again.
0: In the secret aspect, he will come as a thief. But in the open aspect, he will come as a lightning with power. And great glory seen by all the tribes of the land. When he comes openly, he comes with power and with a great glory which will be seen by all the tribes on the Holy Land. Now concerning the open aspect of his coming the time is clearly mentioned when at the End of the great tribulation. Now, I must ask you to read Matthew twenty four fifteen. The Lord Jesus says, When you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel, what is this? The abomination here means the idol. The image of Antichrist. Then verse 21. For then... Shall be great tribulation. Now you can see when the great tribulation will start. By the time when the Antichrist will set up his image as an idol in the temple, forcing people to worship him, the great tribulation will start by that time. Now, by this, you can see the Lord's open coming will not be before the Great Tribulation. The Lord's open coming must be somewhat after the start of the Great Tribulation. When he comes openly, he will come with the overcoming Saint to fight against the Antichrist and his army at Armageddon. Armageddon will be a place that all the worldly forces will be gathered together. That will be the time of the Lord's open coming. And that will be also the place for the Lord's open coming. And that will show you also the purpose that the Lord will come back openly to judge the worldly forces. To wipe all the fighting factors from this earth. Well, I do believe thus far we may be clear about His coming. We are not just picking up mere teachings, mere doctrines, or vain doctrines concerning the so-called Second Advent. But we are here studying the heart desire of the Lord. His heart desire is to get a group of overcomers watching and overcoming for his coming back.
1: Well, Francis, referring to the secret aspect of the Lord's coming, the Bible is clear. No man knows the day or the hour. We read that both in Matthew and also in Revelation. But there are some clear indications, again, both in Matthew and in Revelation, that the open coming does give us some clear signals, some definite cues, time cues as to when it will be. He will be coming openly from the air to the earth and bringing his army with him. Francis, say a little bit about this aspect, the open aspect of his coming.
2: Well, this open aspect is something I would say is... uh Not very clear to too many people that believe in the Lord because they don't expect to have any portion in it. And that's true. We do thank the Lord for this. But we have to remember that God is righteous. God is also the judging God. And He will defeat the enemy to the uttermost. Satan will be destroyed. And all that he's coming for in that end with his army, which are all the overcomers of his believers that come with him, That will destroy the enemy and destroy all that he's done to try to uh, destroy Israel and to destroy God's people. So at that war of Armageddon, he will be there to destroy them and rid the earth of them that is his enemy. So the intention of Christ's coming is to uh, rid the earth of everything evil and that opposed him. And that will be a severe, severe judgment. That will be the end of the whole age. But praise the Lord. We believers will be raptured at the beginning of the tribulation, near the beginning. But this will all transpire at the end. And we will be with the Lord as His overcomers there to help Him to fight this battle, to put the enemy out of the picture, to destroy Him forever.
1: Less than a year ago, uh, with uh, some of the others uh, from Living Stream here, we were in Israel. We were at—I uh, remember being on the little Mount Megiddo that is at the uh, one upper end of the Valley of uh, Megiddo, where this battle Armageddon and this judgment takes place. And it's a—it's uh, a vast open area, and to try to stand there and visualize with uh, the armies, the great armies of the world, all gathered there together, while the righteous king executes his judgment it was uh, an awesome sight then and as you said we hope to be there in that army arrayed with him during the victorious part of that uh, whole event and not in any way suffering during that time these are monumental things in uh, the divine revelation i'm very grateful francis we have the help of the life study to uh, to get us through it thank you for your help today
2: uh, thank you for this opportunity to
1: fellowship in these big matters yeah they are that This book is really the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's the testimony of Jesus. And Ron Kangas encouraged us on the very first day of our life study not to be lost and caught off by these other things uh, and so many of the interesting and fascinating things in Revelation. But the real center and focus of this book is really Jesus himself. Amen. Well, uh, we're out of time. Let me point out to you before we go, our toll-free number invites you to call... Uh, we would love to fellowship with you over these points and to get your uh, uh, responses, your questions. Our number is one eight 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 life study That's 888-543-3788. For Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening.
2: What does it mean to love God?
1: For in pouring out this ointment on my body, she has done it for my burial. Wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what this woman has done shall also be told. Matthew 26, verses 12 and 13. Mary received the revelation of the Lord's death through the Lord's words. Hence she grasped the opportunity to pour upon the Lord the best that she had. To love the Lord with our best requires a revelation concerning Him. The story of the Gospel is that the Lord loved us, and the story of Mary is that she loved the Lord. We must preach both. One is for our salvation, and the other is for our consecration. Scripture, Matthew 26, verses 12 and 13, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.